0: Father, we just come before you, Lord. We bow our hearts and our uh, knees to you, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds, Lord, to, to hear your word. I I pray for Josh from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, Lord. Uh, consume his heart and the thoughts and the ideas and the, the things that you have placed there, Lord. I pray that you would communicate it with anointing, Father, and allow us to receive what you need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um. <clears throat> Just so you know, I've got an upper respiratory thing going on, so my voice may go out, I may cough, I may have to take a few drinks here and there, but we'll get through it. I got through first service, so we'll get through it another time. <laughs> so anyway, we stay on the way uh, do the Apostles' Creed. <clears throat> we believe in God, the Father Almighty, <clears throat> creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Okay, if you can stay standing. <clears throat> We're going to be in Psalms 139, starting in verse 13. And uh, I don't like NASB version, so I am going to be reading out of New Living Translation. So, it's the same deal, just different words. So, anyway... <laughs> had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. And you may be seated. Drink number one. So um this is about how God designed you um, what that was saying was God knows you God made you God designed you He knit you in your mother's womb and I asked this first service I have a few people that raised their hands uh, who crochets or knits or anything like that okay there's a few people and then I asked this it's like, can I do that blindfolded no okay Kind of. I, I got they can make a like a potholder. <laughs> yeah, so so they can they can knit a square. They can pretty well guess that. But I was like and I was like, Oh, so you can do it. can you knit me a sweater that has like a dog and a son on it and stuff? And she said no. And she said actually she couldn't even knit a sweater. So anyway, so being blindfolded it would be even worse. So my point is is that it, that's an interesting way to put it that that we were knit, that God knit us together, that piece us together. It, it takes focus. You can't do it, you know, blindly. Or, you know, it, it, you have to focus on that. You take care, attention. It's very tedious, but God takes that time for each and every one of us to put us together in the way that we are put together. Not just physically. Um, some of us have different talents than others. I mean, who else is great at basketball in here? Yeah, no, no, yeah, Abby. Abby can. It's. It's a shock that you can put one foot in front of the other without falling over most of the time. So basketball is not your forte. But, <laughs> but anyway, but there are people like that. There Brian James, Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. They have amazing talents that comes with that. But I don't. But that doesn't mean that I'm not great. That doesn't mean that I'm not amazing or incredible. God designed me with different talents, skills, interests even than anyone else that's ever been made ever. I am completely unique. You are completely unique. God made you different. And that's good. It's good that we're different. How many people how many people are going like, to be a basketball star? We got just a bunch of stars that we you know basketball hall famers, and what 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 would we be able to accomplish? We wouldn't be able to do anything. You have to have somebody build build a court make basketballs, you know, make the jerseys for the teams to play. Everyone has a specific role in something else. We all can't be the same exact thing. But you're designed with love and you have value. Because who puts so much hard work and effort? Has anyone ever made anything? And you're proud of it. You're like, if it's still actually existing a few years ago <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, hey I built I built my own house or you know, I worked on my car or when you put time and effort into something, some focus into it, you take pride in it. There's value there to you. God took his time, focused on you, put you together, knit you in a mother's womb with the exact talents that he wanted you to have, with the exact abilities that you need to have, the exact intelligence that he wanted you to have to do what he wanted you to do with your life. He values you. Uh, first service, I asked I asked actually I have a quarter right now to so show. Sure. this is a quarter. How much is this worth here in the United States? Twenty-five cents. Okay. Let's just say I took this quarter and I buried it in the ground, and it was there for 50 years. I went back, I dug it back up, pulled it out, dirty, rusty, dirty, rusty, corroded. How much is this worth? Twenty-five cents. It doesn't matter how dirty and rusted up and chipped up it is; it's still worth twenty-five cents. Now, here's the big question. Why is it still worth 25 cents? Because the government has an authority behind the money that they made and said, that is still worth 25 cents. That is the value of that quarter. No matter how less the help you are in your life, doesn't matter what you have done with your life, bad decisions or whatever the decisions you know, it just you got a, a bad hand, it doesn't matter. You still have value. God still cares about you. He still met you in your mother's womb. He cares immensely about you, and you have great value to him, every single person. You had so much value that that he, t- he sacrificed his own son to come down here to pay our sins so that we could spend eternity with him. But yeah, how many times do we sit back and say, I'm not worth it. I'm not valuable. He would died for everybody, but I know that he would have came down and died for Josh. He would have came down and died for just Charlene. Just one. Because he cares that much. He values every one of us. But going back to how God designed us, um, <coughs> my own life, um, I have... I'm stubborn. Um, if anybody's ever like, if you haven't been around me, I'm very stubborn. It's it's the Yokum in me, is what my family always says. Um, and Yokums are just just stubborn as mule people. They just are. And I remember being eight years old and, and sitting in my old church in the sanctuary, and I remember praying, and I remember God saying, "You're supposed to be a youth pastor." And I was like, cool, I'm eight years old, and I don't know what youth is at that time, you know, and I'm still a kid. And I was like, well, that's cool, and tucked that in the back pocket, and then life came along, and how many of you, well, especially over this direction, more youth people, it's like, you know, you come along and you're like, hey, what are you going to do with your life, you know, where are you going to school, all those things. And even even now, toward, it's weird, younger to the older end of the spectrum, how many of you that are older and you've went past all that in your life and you're at a stage in your life where you're older and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel shoved aside, worthless, I'm old, my body's failing on me, whatever it might be. How many of you feel like I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do? You know. And if you ask those kid, those same kids, they're going to ask the same question. They're going to say the same thing. I don't know. Where are you going to school? I don't know. Where are you going to live? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I went through, I went through, I went to, started going to school, and uh, <coughs> I thought, well, I really like music, so I'm going to be a music major, even though God told me I was supposed to be a youth pastor. So I decided I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to go to school and do music. Well, then ended went, not working out, God was shutting the door in my face, and I said, okay, well, since I'm still stubborn, God's telling me to teach so I'm going to go to school for education I'm going to teach elementary school kids I love little kids and I, and I'm, I'm supposed to teach so that's what I want to do so I start doing stuff and I ended up getting sick at one point um, in the middle of college and and it's it's crazy how things work out because I started out I got like a stomach flu and about a couple months later I started feeling just Violently ill. I would go to class and I would end up Leaving class like as soon as I got there I'd, I'd come out would sit down and I have to grab my back and I would go to the bathroom for like two to three hours and oh That was a joy, you know, so I was really sick and It gets to a point where it's like okay I have to drop out or I'm gonna either fail or I'm just going to owe all this money for no reason and so I end up dropping out and I'm not sleeping at night. I'm basically an insomniac and still getting up and going to work. And by that point, me and Shannon were married. And Shannon's like, Josh, you have to go to the doctor. But I'm too stubborn. I'm like, no, no big deal. And i want to get, so first service, I was like, well, you know, you open up WebMD. And, of course, everything is cancer. You always have cancer. It doesn't matter what it is. got cancer. And I started putting those symptoms, and they're like, pancreatic cancer it was like the only thing that came up was like nothing else it could be and so i'm still stubborn and Shannon's like you have to go to the doctor so i finally go and the doctor's sitting down with me she says okay so what's going on so i thought you know very sick every day i can't sleep and going on and on she goes okay um Start writing stuff on paper. She goes, have you had like a stomach flu or, um, you know, 24-hour bug, anything like that, uh, any, you know, anytime recently? I said, well, like six months ago. And she goes, okay. She goes, well, what I think you have is you've had a stomach flu, and your stomach has built up excess acid, and your body cannot release this in any other way, so you've been sick this whole time. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So <laughs> she she goes, just take these pills. She goes, I'm going to be a prescription for these pills. Take four or five of them. And uh, if nothing's going, you know, nothing helps, then come back here. We'll check for more, you know, well, worse things. And so I said, okay. So I went there and to the pharmacy, got it, ended up taking one or two of the pills, and I was better by the next day. No problems whatsoever isn't that ridiculous i mean I, tell you, I could have just went to the doctor and have been fine it was basically heartburn you know a, a extreme case of it obviously but but god put something in our path to slam the door in my face and i was so hard-headed i'm like no god i'm supposed to be teaching so i keep bashing my head against this door trying to open it and and but the thing is, I wasn't supposed to do that, and God had to do whatever God had to do to stop me from doing that. And there's also times where, in a church specifically, where we steal each other's callings. Where people have sat somewhere and like someone's not supposed to be there. That's supposed to be me. There's been times where I wanted to. I am a drummer naturally, and But my great grandpa, when I grew up in church, played guitar on the praise and worship team since I was a little baby until I was about 18. I moved on from that church and came here. And I always was like, I looked up to the man because he was such a godly person and he was an excellent guitarist. I want to be a guitarist. What I do is start playing guitar, and then every once in a while, in praise and worship, I'll be able to play guitar. Yeah, I feel great, except I can't worship while playing guitar. I have to stare at, okay, I'm playing F, now G, C, F, G, C. I have to do that. It's awful. <laughs> like, I can play, and it sounds great, and I can lead worship, but I myself am not worshiping. I can't do it. But when I'm my dreams, I can close my eyes and just do i back in my fish aquarium here, and I'm praising God. Because, but that's because I'm working in my capacity, what God has designed me to be. If God designed me to be a drummer, why would I want to be a guitarist? when someone else is called to be a guitarist. I can't, I'm stealing a spot if I am sitting there. That's wrong with me. I'm not helping God in any way. I can't help God in any way, honestly, besides what I am supposed to be doing, what I was designed to do. I am designed to be a youth pastor. That's why I'm walking as a youth pastor now. It took years and years for me to understand, oh, I'm not supposed to teach just young kids how to count up to five. I'm supposed to teach kids about Jesus Christ, which was the next what I was designed to do anyway, and I told to do. But instead, I ignored it. How many of you are ignoring what God is telling you that you are supposed to be doing, what you're designed to do? And I guess it's a lot of people. Honestly. But God created you with specific specific, specific things in mind for you. Because it said in verse... Let me go back to it. It said in verse 16, You saw me before I was born, Every day of my life was recorded in your book. The when it was laid out, before a single day had passed, before the beginning, before the first day, before your birthday, day one, God knew what the end of your life was. He knew what God intended for you the entire time. He's talking at the end of your life, and he sees everything that's happening, and he knows that you're going to make some stupid mistakes along the way. Because I know I'm not the only one that's made dumb decisions my whole life, but God will constantly slam doors in your face because He knows He knows what He designed you to be, He knows what He wants you to be. This last weekend, me and uh, Shannon were working a Chrysalis flight, and one of the one of the women on the flight uh, gave a talk, and one of the quotes that she said that just stuck with me, and it's it's just like ingrained in my head, was that when God says no. It's only because he has a better yes for you. If you say that, wouldn't it be great for me be an elementary school teacher? Oh, yeah, it pays a little more bills than being a youth pastor. I'll tell you that much. But but the thing is, I'm more fulfilled and content with my life because God had a better yes for me. He's not saying I you to hurt your feelings. Well, don't you want me to do this, God? Well, you can, but I'd rather you do this because I know you'll like it better. But how hard-headed are we when we're always just like banging our head against the door until we're throwing on the ground and going, okay, I guess I'll do what you want to do. And the the problem is a lot of times that we we aren't even, it's not even just, well, we want to do somebody else's job. We're all working together, too. God designed us not just even individually to work on our own, but he designed us to work together in a certain way. My life is interconnected with everybody sitting here. But your life is interconnected with a whole different set of people outside of these four walls as well. And yet it still works. And you're supposed to work together. How often are we doing the wrong things? Like, I can't use the, the other microphone because it's not functioning. So I have to put this down for a minute. Because I have an illustration. So, I have. And, you know, I have. It's not just me. I'm not just there on my own, because trust me, that would not happen. That's awful. That's a bad, bad choice to be a youth pastor and try and wrangle 20 some kids on your own. I have other people that are around me. Alan comes and helps, uh, Crystal and Rod. Shannon's there. They they all help. Jayla sometimes comes. You know, it, they come in and they help out because they're called to work with youth. They all have certain things and talents and and things that that I don't have. My wife has connections with with separate, different youth than I do. Crystal and Rod they have connections with other youth in our group that's stronger than mine, and that's okay because we're working in the capacity that we're supposed to. We're getting we're changing more lives by allowing that to happen and working together in the way God designed us to. Now, would it work if Rod was like, Well, I want to be the youth pastor? Sure. But Rod, are you called to be the youth pastor? Not at all. <laughs> he's not. He's he is called, he's designed to be there to help out. Just to be there to help, because just to love on the kids and pray. That that is what God is calling him to do right now. The most important job you can have in a church is the one that God designed you to have. Don't, don't desire or covet somebody else's position or a job within the church because none are more important than the others. Like I said, going back to toilet cleaning, God's calling you to clean the church. You don't go, well, I want to be the pastor, so I'm not going to clean the church. Well, <laughs> here's the deal. No one's going to come through that door if the church isn't clean. No one. Not one person. Because I'm telling you, I've come back in and cleaned after all you people, and there are Kleenexes everywhere at the end of the day. And forget about if it's Communion Sunday, because then there's little Communion cups everywhere too, and little chewing gums and bulletins and everything. That's one day. Can you imagine that if for weeks, months and years that no one took care of it? It's a great place to worship, but Man, it is a mess in there. Like there has someone in there to clean the place. No one's coming here for that, because there are people that aren't walking in their calling. They're not obeying God and what God is telling them to do. So, so what I'm saying is, is that like, you know God values you so much that He took His time to make you in a certain way. No matter how messed up we are, He still made us and He still loves us and He still has value on your life. And I got to tell you, if you value Jesus as much as I do, I can do this much on my own. Or I can do this much with others with their capacity. Or I could be like the hammer and get nothing off at all and try and force my way into doing what I want to do. Why would we not want to reciprocate the love that Jesus gave us by sacrificing his own life to come down here, would you rather do this much for him or this much? So, if I could have music, and they're going to play uh, the song "Beautiful Things" again, and um, the first time I ever heard it was actually on Thursday when we tried to play it, youth group, and oh, it was rocky. I did not like that song at all. Uh, This song is terrible. And I didn't focus on what the lyrics were saying at all. And I don't know if anybody (laughs) listened to what they were saying. Saying this last time. So I'm going to write some of them and listen to the words that that they're saying. All this pain, I wonder if I can ever find my way. Wonder if life could really change at all. All this earth, all that has (coughs) lost, ever be found. Could a garden come up from this ground? But you make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of dust. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of us. God makes amazing things out of every one of us from dirt. Look at flowers. at springtime. Flowers are going to start coming up. Some flowers are already up. It comes out of the dirt. Look at how much God cares about us. He cares so much. If He's called you to be a janitor, be a janitor. Own that. I'm a cook at MCL. I own that. I am a great cook at MCL. I own that. That's fine. Whatever. If you're an electrician, own that. If you're a doctor, fantastic. Be a doctor. Don't be a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor. Because, as I said before, If I was a doctor, I would assume that I had pancreatic cancer instead of being the youth pastor I was called to be. We all have different jobs in this life that God has designed us to work in. Work in it. Use it for His glory. Not for our own. And I got three questions that I want to ask as we start to pray and I can have prayer support come forward. The first is, do you believe that you are valuable? And I'll go ahead and and answer that for you. You are. You really are. God values you beyond anything else. He has everything else but us. He gives us the free will. And we can say, I don't want you, God. That bugs him because he wants you so bad. He loves you so much. And the other one is, what, are, what were you designed to do? I don't know what you were designed to do, you do. What truly is God telling you in your heart? What are you designed to do? And the third one is, are you doing that? Or are you doing something else? And the fourth. If you are working in those callings and the way you're designed, are you working with other people that are also designed in the to work in the capacity they are supposed to? Because sometimes it's frustrating. Because we all have issues and we're all dirty and messed up, but God still designed us and He still loves you so much. And He wants to do so much with you. He wants you to be able to do this kind of work Not just this. He doesn't want you to settle. You don't have to settle. You were designed. God made you glorious and perfect whoever you are and however you are. So just uh, go ahead and listen to a song. And if you uh, need prayer, uh, just please come forward. I'm going to go ahead and uh, dismiss. If anybody still wants prayer, I'm never going to turn you away if you want prayer. Um, Even if it seems too late, it's not um, to come up here and pray. Um, So just pray a blessing of dismissal. God, I just thank you for uh, allowing us to be here and to do the things that you want us to do. And I, I just thank you that you care about us so much that you would actually take the time to make me That you focused on me. The creator of the universe focused on me while making me. And that I should be proud of who I am and and know that I have value to you. And I just pray that everyone understands that. That they are valued. That they are loved. That they are designed with all their flaws exactly the way they are supposed to be. We may not understand it, but you do because you're standing at the end of our life and you you know why you were designed that way. And I just pray that we will just learn to work together and learn to, to work in the capacity we we're supposed to be working in instead of frivolously doing whatever we think we're supposed to do, that we do what you're supposed to do. I just pray that for the rest of this week that people just... Just read their word and just pray with you and get that relationship to where they understand that if anything, that they are valued, that they are cared about, that they are loved, that they mean so much more than what they can even fathom. And I just pray that you will just bless every single person that's in this building as they go out, and then just I just pray that you can use them in the way that you design them to further you in their worlds. And I pray that you help me further further people in my life, in my world. I just pray that you'll just bless everybody to have a great week and uh, that we come back here next Sunday um, with just a renewal of knowing what our purpose is and what we are supposed to be doing. In your name, amen.